There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning into our Friday edition of the podcast. This is what they traditionally call Good Friday. This is the day that uh, Protestants and Bible correctors uh, say that Jesus Christ died. And so they're celebrating Good Friday. There's masses and services and special memorials held all over the place. But I want to thank the Lord with understanding of Scripture, with knowledge of Scripture. Uh, We know that on the first day of the week, when they came and found that tomb empty, he had been three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's according to the Word of God. I thank God for that empty tomb and saved through his life been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord this time of year the church can come together, assemble ourselves and come and worship him in spirit and in truth, have knowledge of the holy, have knowledge of the cross, knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the more we study, the more we learn of him, the more we understand what he really went through at Calvary and how we bless him and praise his name. And I want to thank him for what he did. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for the very person of Jesus Christ. He is holy. He's altogether lovely. He is the lily of the valley. He is that rose of Sharon. How precious he is. How fragrant he is. How wonderful it is. How good and how pleasant is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's wonderful to us. Those of us that believe he is precious and how we do thank him for being precious to us. Thankful that his spirit would remain with us and would speak to us and minister to us and how we bless him and thank him. We have the same spirit of faith, I believe. Therefore, have I spoken. And how we, the time of this time of year, I know folks uh, celebrate a lot of things. They celebrate the bunnies and the chocolate and the hunts and all of those things. And that's fine if they do those things. But I don't want to lose sight of the cross. I don't want my family to lose sight of Calvary. And we're back in Job chapter 8 today. We're looking at Bildad the Shuhite as he comes to Job. And he speaks of days in a former age. And he speaks of the search of their fathers. And he speaks of a life that is very short. Now, by the days of Job, Job had many years in his life. You and I have much shorter days today. God has numbered our days. We know that. Being obedient to parents is one of the keys to long life. Everybody thinks it's eating organic and eating lentils and all of these things, but no, it's being obedient to parents. You might have a long and prosperous life, that you might have health upon this earth. Being obedient to the word of God, yet we're all going to die. And this tabernacle that we live in today, this a temple of the Holy Ghost. We defile it. We're prone to die young. Uh, we despise the things of God. We're prone to die young. Hate our parents. We're prone to die young. And uh, yet we don't defile this temple, but at the same time, it's a, it's a matter of obedience to God. He speaks to those things in verse 8. He says, For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. There's a colon there, new sentence here, and it's also in parentheses. For we are arbit of yesterday and know nothing, because our days upon earth are a shadow. Another colon, into parentheses. And so he rightfully says, our days are birth of a shadow. They're a vapor. We see that several times in Scripture. Our days are numbered. How life flies by. 
Then my grandmother is almost twice my age. Last year, she was twice my age. She turned 100. I turned 50. And uh, it's hard to understand or comprehend being 100 years old. I cannot imagine that my life is only half over. It would be very difficult for me to try to even comprehend that. I believe my life is far more spent than that. I believe I've wasted years. I've wasted life. I've wasted time. I've defiled my body. I've destroyed my body. And I don't believe I have 100 years in this body. Yet my grandmother does. She's 101 years old right now. Uh, looking for 102 and how we thank God for that. I recently read of twins that were over 100 years old and uh, they were separate. They were in different nursing homes. They talked three times a week on the telephone and they would write letters and communicate. And with modern technology, they could see each other via video chat, different things. You know, but what a wonderful gift that is that God would give that. But when he addresses Job with us, he's telling him to inquire this former age for the search of the father's. Shall not they teach thee and tell thee and utter words out of their heart? So he's telling Job, let's go back to that former age, go back to our fathers, what they told us, what they spake to us. And here's why he said that. Can the rush grow up without mire? Can the flag grow without water? So what he's telling Job is you're conceiving these things of yourself. You need to go back to the, the, the men of old. You need to go back to our fathers, men of another age. And what did they say about this? Are you just going to conjure this up? And by the way, that's not bad advice. All this pop-up church movement is based on the ideals of modern man. There's nothing spiritual, nothing grounded. Uh, there's nothing biblical about it. Uh, they just have an idea. And they say, hey, let's do this. And people will come. And people come. And they say, well, that must be of God, kind of like the Asbury Revival. People came, it must be God. They saw miraculous healings, it must be God. They saw such a worshipful spirit with that little backbeat, that little synthetic sound, and oh, this must be God. And people in unholy attire practicing holiness, this must be God. And everything today is just, this must be. And that's what he's really addressing there. There's fathers of old spake of these things. It gave us understanding, but what's taking root today is not in good ground. What's taking root today is that spirit of Antichrist, and it's not in good soil, and it's not going to bear fruit, at least not God's fruit, yet it's multiplied and it's prosperous and there's great wealth in it. And if you know how to run the books right and know how to conduct yourself and be a good talker and a good speaker and convince people, then you can build a big ministry today. You can build a big church today, but it doesn't mean that God's in it. And just because you see a big church doesn't mean God's in it. Just because you see a small church doesn't mean that God's in it. Some men just don't have the ability to build a big church, yet they have the spirit of Antichrist as well in their little church. There are men out there defiling the word of God. They hate the word of God. So what he speaks is not necessarily a bad thing here. The rush cannot grow up without mire. Can the flag grow without water? No, it cannot. Wilson is yet in his greenness and not cut down. It withereth before any other herb. And so that's what he's telling Job. This is your life. This is what it is. It springs up. It looks good. It's healthy. But he's telling Job, your life's probably not far from ending here. Your life is dissipating. Your life is disappearing. And he says, so are the paths of all that forget God. Now, there's where he wrongfully accuses Job. He speaks not that thing concerning Job, which is right. And he speaks that thing in error. For he said, for all the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrite's hope shall perish. You realize that the wicked can die young, but they don't all die young. Now, some of the rock and rollers and hippies of the 60s that defiled our society and cursed God and hated God and wrote vile lyrics about sex, drugs, rock and roll, wild women, cursed the name of God. Some of them in their 80s, 90s. There are Hollywood actors and other degenerates and religious faculty that 
have, have lived in their 90s and their hundreds. They've defiled the name of God, had that spirit of Antichrist. So not all of their lives are snuffed out. Not all paths are heading that way. Not all are cut off. Not all hypocrites' hope shall perish. They have a hope in this world. They just don't have an eternal hope. And so he's rightfully speaking, but again, not concerning Job, whose hope shall be cut off and whose trust shall be a spider's web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. And the good question that he raises here is, what are you leaning on? What is your hope? What is your confidence? And of course, those are folks that have confidence in their wealth. And as the stock market crumbles and the real estate market crumbles and those that invested wrongfully, they've absolutely uh, and shamed themselves. Many of them commit suicide. They go broke. They destroy their own lives. Those that invested in these banks that have absolutely destroyed the economy and destroyed their finances, destroyed the wealth of some. And what a tragedy that is. But what are you leaning on? What is your hope, your job, your ability, your physical strength, your physical well-being? Is that your hope? That you're a good speaker, that you're a strong man, that you're a wise woman, that you're a good mother? What is your hope? And, of course, he goes on. He says, he shall lean upon his house, but shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. He's speaking rightfully, but, again, not, not concerning Job. How many people relying on their children? Their children have absolutely failed them. How many people have a hope that if they treat their children right young, when they get older, their children take care of them, but they taught their children all the wrong values and all the wrong values in life, and now they're out there at an age, and they're stuck in a nursing home, and nobody visits them, and they're miserable, and they hate life, and they want their life to end. Why? Because they didn't do that which was right. They weren't leaning upon Jesus Christ. He is green before the sun, and his branch shooteth forth in his garden. Again, he speeds out that it springs up, that that has life, then it withers, and then it dies. His roots are wrapped about the heap and see at the place of stones. If he destroy him from his place, then it shall deny him, saying, I have not seen thee. And then verse 19, he says, Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth shall others grow. Now, if we liken that to life, life springs up. All of us are alive. If you're listening to this podcast, you're alive. I don't know the number of your days. You don't know the number of your days. It could be tomorrow your life is snuffed out. I've known many over the years, great saints of God, dear saints of God, but their life ended suddenly. Their life ended in tragedy, heart attacks, strokes, other diseases, automobile accidents, accidents, knew a man that fell off of a roof, uh, knew another man that fell off of a scaffold, knew a man that was T-boating in his car. It happens to all of us. He's heading that way. And then another life will spring up. It is that cycle of life. Another life will spring up. And so he's in a fair warning to Job, reminding him, consider those our fathers, consider the things they taught us. You don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want to lean on something besides Jesus Christ. You want to trust in him. But again, you can't trust in someone you don't believe in. Thank God for Brother Maury teaching us that lesson on this podcast uh, almost a year and a half ago. You cannot trust someone you don't believe in. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth shall others grow. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers. And by the way, to be reprobate, and we've learned this over the years, it is to be cast away of Jesus Christ. There are many cast away of Jesus Christ, but we don't necessarily fully understand why God casts some away. It doesn't cast others away. Why some have absolutely defiled themselves in sin. God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. There are those that God has turned over the destruction of their flesh. There's God that God has turned over their lust. There's many people God turns over. We don't understand the mind of God. We only see the outward. We do not see the inward. God knows those things. God will not cast away a perfect man, but a perfect man is still going to die. 
Job was an upright man. Job was a perfect man. The Word of God told us that. His ways were perfect before God. David was a man after God's own heart, but he's dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Job is also dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us. That's in Scripture, but it is with us unto this day. And yet he was a perfect man. And so Bildad is speaking here of these things, and he's right in so many ways. But yet he's also, there's a little bit of error, a little bit of folly in these things. And that's one of the things with an argument, with a debate between others. And, you know, a friend of mine told me recently, he said, you know, in an argument like that, uh, he said you have about, you know, about, 20 to 30 percent right on one side and you know 40 to 50 percent right on the other side and the rest of that in the middle is just errors all that is so here's two men debating this job is justifying himself and bill dad's trying to tell job he's not justified and they go back and forth and that there's a little bit of error a little bit of truth so many times in life that's what that is a spousal dispute what is it a little bit of truth a whole lot of error eventually if they're arguing both are in error it's just the reality of where, where it is I heard a man years ago, and he stood and testified publicly in church. He was a little over 80 years old at the time. And he said, my wife and I have never had a fight. And he said it. People kind of tittered and laughed. He said, he said, no. He said, don't laugh. My wife and I have never had one fight in all the years we've been married. And someone behind me whispered, said, man, that must be a patient man right there. And I, I had to laugh. I said, well, certainly it is. Because if he's up there testifying to that, he's probably absorbed a lot to not have to fight, to not have to argue. Uh, but he, I guess it's not worth it. Thank God for that. Thank God for that testimony of that man. That's where we are with these men. You put two bulls in a ring, guess what they're going to do? They're going to sit there and snarl at each other. And eventually they're going to paw the ground. Eventually they're going to rush at each other. They're going to lock horns. You know, how do you keep two, two gorillas from fighting? Well, you don't put them in the same cage together. Well, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers, till he fill thy mouth with laughing and thy lips with rejoicing. They that hate thee shall be clothed with shame, and the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. Now, it's interesting. He changes gears a little bit here. And he speaks as if till, till he filled thy mouth with laughing and thy lips with rejoicing, that they hate thee shall be clothed with shame, and the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. He changes tenses there and who he's speaking to. He changes the pattern of what he's speaking. He's speaking to us. He is addressing us. And it's interesting he writes that. We see that in another place. Somebody had shared that with me recently. We see that in Elihu's testimony. He begins to speak to us, to address us. And so it is with the passage here. Till he fill thy mouth with laughing and thy lips with rejoicing. It's singular there. But I don't believe he's talking to Job. Why would he say that to Job? They that hate thee shall be clothed with shame. And the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. I don't believe he's necessarily addressing Job there. I believe he's speaking at a different level. That's neither here nor there. Notice the individuality of that pronoun, thee, thy, thou. Always take note of that. And that's what he's speaking there. So pray for us. Have a great weekend. Have a good Easter. Enjoy the things of God. Enjoy the house of God. Get in the house of God and do your absolute best to worship, to rejoice, to praise the great God of heaven. Thank you for his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to be saved. What a privilege it is to know him. And just rejoice in that. Thank God for that. We'll be back, Lord willing, with Job's answer in Job 9 on Monday or Tuesday. And if the Lord may be giving another exhortation, we may not uh, quite preach Job 9 yet, but we'll see what the Lord will do. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. 
For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.